0: On the air since 1994 The Garden Wise Guys have the answers To your questions about gardening In the high altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range And now, here are your hosts The Garden Wise Guys
1: And good morning, everybody. It is time for the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys. I'm Jim Borland, one of the Garden Wise Guys, and the other one is Keith Funk, and he's right next to me. Good morning. And we're going to do a garden show here this morning on Legends 810, and uh, the way this works is that you have to pick up your phone or leave it on the desk, whatever it is, and put these numbers in. Area code 303-477-2473. Get in here and talk with the Wise Guys, and uh, we will attempt to answer your garden question, whatever it might be. And tempt fate is what they're going to do. <clears throat> Boy, we've been tempting fate over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Jeepers, creepers. <laughs> yeah. yeah start, absolutely. Start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. But that's typical for
2: April, isn't I it? I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, there's very very few Aprils <clears throat> I can remember where it wasn't you know, a roller coaster. I know.
1: We thought we wouldn't get anything blooming
2: this year on our trees, and uh, them got hit with the cold weather. A few, but it seems like they had another set of buds or something. Because the, the pears, I thought, were frosted at that la- that last sixteen degree weather we had, <coughs> and the flowering plum plums as well. Yeah, 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 and the crab apples, and, and they yep. all seem to be putting on a nice show yet. So, so far, that's so good. that's great. That's, although, having checked my records uh, via Facebook, because <laughs> Facebook likes to th- throw these memories at you. You know, la- uh, two years ago on this date, this is what was going on on your Facebook page or whatever. I've gotten those. Oh, I, I get those all the time. <clears throat> we are, in, in my neighborhood at least, two weeks behind previous years as far as uh, uh, flowering of the trees and shrubs, of the you know, crab apples mm-hmm. particularly. Mm-hmm. Normally they're in full bloom in our area about April 20th. And they're not even close to being in full. I mean, they're just barely showing color now. And it's May 1st. Yeah, I used to keep track, sort of mentally keep track,
1: and I, I gave up. I gave up. Every year is so dramatically mm-hmm. different than the year before. And next year is going to be dramatically different again. Because people would ask me, hey, what time of year does it bloom? Well, spring? Well, when in spring? What they want is a date, a date <laughs> you know, yes.
2: they want the the day
1: of I in want it to April be in full
2: bloom yeah. for a may
1: wedding <laughs> yeah, let's say well, let's say, on, on May seventeenth How about April fifteenth give or take a month yeah <laughs> no doubt and and that's closer to being the truth than, than trying to come up
2: with a particular date or even a week within the of the month. well, I thought it was interesting though because <clears throat> you see all these other f- Facebook posts about. The climate change and how everything is warmer than it has been and I'm thinking well if it's been warmer then why are the trees two weeks late <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know it's
1: all in the math don't you know I guess yeah they got those crazy big giant computers that uh, crunch all kinds of numbers that they put into them. Of course, you know, whatever comes out is no better than the numbers that went in. Well, exactly. So, <clears throat> Well, guess what? Hey, hello. We have callers. We do. I see that there are two on the board already, yeah. and uh, I believe we have room for more. So if you want to give us a call now, 303-477-2473, that'll get in here and talk with the garden, the
2: garden, garden wise guys. I, I also have been asked to tell you uh, everybody listening, that if you're calling in, if all of our backup lines are full, you'll get a a recording. And if that happens, just hang up and call back in a few minutes after. Especially after you hear somebody, you know, finish up on the line and hang up, then that's your cue that there's an open line. But. <laughs> If all of our lines are full, you'll get a recording, and that just means you need to call back in a little bit. Okay? So let's go out and talk to Mark on line one, see what's going on with him today. Good morning, Mark.
3: Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, So my question today is in regards to a boxwood uh, bush that was um, planted about this time last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's actually five of them that were planted uh, in a row. And uh, four are doing fine, and this one that I'm uh, concerned with has uh, starting to get some uh, uh, brown stems on it, or brown uh, uh, branches on it. Uh, it. On those there, uh, did it just not survive the winter well, and do they just need to be cut off? Has,
1: has the whole thing turned brown? No. I th- I think you're probably in good shape. I looked. We had planted some last year as well. And all the new growth that grew last year, it, most of it went brown over the winter. But it's happened before. We've had other ones, and just trim that off, and typically the new growth will come up and cover that
2: completely. Okay. What kind of light are they in? Do they get Do they get winter sunlight? Winter sun, uh, direct sun?
3: Yes, they're. Uh, they have. Oh, uh, well, probably from about 10 a.m. in the winter time, from about 10 a.m. on to the evening, they get full sun.
2: That's that's going to be rough on boxwoods okay normally i recommend that they they are in shade uh, especially in the winter in shade all day um so like on a north side is a great place to put those even an east side sort of is is better but you know try to avoid west and south sides because those those leaves on those broadleafed evergreens like boxwood they continue to lose moisture all winter long as though it was springtime or fall and uh and if the if the soil is frozen solid, or the, if the soil is dry, then that foliage just starts to turn brown and 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 crisp up and dehydrate, and and then you run into trouble like that. But uh, so just make sure that in your situation, since you've already got them in the ground, make sure that you're doing some winter watering on a regular basis, especially if it's been dry.
3: And and that I did. I, Good. You know, about every every week. Um, I went out and, you know, put at least five gallons of water on each, uh, mm-hmm. each one of them. So, Good. Um, I didn't, you know, I was just thinking, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe that wasn't enough or frequently enough. Um, well, that
2: sounds plen- plenty frequently enough. And, uh, you know, once a week during the winter and five gallons on each shrub, that's that's a gracious plenty of water, I would think.
3: Okay. Okay. I'll yeah, I, I think you're
2: going to you're gonna
1: be okay just then. just uh, prune off those, those dead parts and uh, and you
2: soon will be seeing new buds coming out anyway. And if the if the stems look green even though the leaves are brown, don't cut don't cut the green stems off. And if you if, if you're not sure whether they're green or not, just grab it in your hand, the stem and and flex it, you know, back and forth. And if it snaps right off and it's dry and brittle, then yeah, that's dead. But if it's flexible and it and it doesn't break when you flex it, uh, it's possibly still alive enough to resprout, even though the leaves are brown.
3: Okay. Okay. That gives me something to go off of. All right.
1: You bet. Thanks for calling all this right. morning. Take
3: care.
1: Yeah, we've ours planted on the south side of our house. It's all they do to get some shelter, I guess, during the day. And almost every winter, there's there's brown leaves from the from last year's growth, mm-hmm. and it just trim them off. And in fact, they got so big we had <clears throat> we had to pull them out and, and plant new ones. <laughs> so, you know, they got up to four and a half, five feet tall and uh, almost as broad. Um, once they get going, they're kind of hard to keep under under control. Yeah. It's just
2: getting them established is uh, and it takes two or three seasons to get well established. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, I, I know I planted two of them last early last summer. And I thought, oh, I'm going to put them in the exact right spot. <laughs> and, they, and they are. I mean, they've got shade all mm-hmm, day, mm-hmm. And, and they get watered, and, but they're under an overhang. And I, I know, in my mind, that anything under an overhang isn't going to get any appreciable precipitation yep. coming down. And yep. so I have to water, which I did. And one of them's doing just great, and four feet away on the other side of the sidewalk, in the same conditions... The other one has a lot of winter kill to it. Yeah. And they're the same variety. I could I could see if they were different varieties, but they're the same variety. And it just makes you scratch your head sometimes. <laughs> what what the heck is going on here? Happens in the garden all the time. Yeah. But they don't they don't come up with answers. But I'm not I'm not putting my mind back until I see new growth coming out right. on the plant and then I'll know for certain <clears throat> which parts are dead and I can take those out and then shape the bush up a little bit so it go. looks nice. They'll be fine. Trust me. They'll be fine. <laughs> 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 well, Boxwoods are tricky here. They can be. They can be. Bu- and there are many many varieties on the market now. Yeah. And some are hardier than others. Yeah, yeah.
1: We had a tough time finding the same varieties that we put in got to be 10 over 10 years ago now. What what was it? I well, only remember one, which is Winter Gem. Yeah the other one the other one's a dark green one more upright green velvet maybe i think green velvet yeah i think that's it yeah yeah and they both do just fine um you just have to be be aware that there's a little bit dieback almost almost every winter. not everyone but almost Mm -hmm. everyone that's fine yeah it's not going to be like virginia no or portland Uh, (laughs) and good thing not like virginia because in virginia they're now having this boxwood blight yes going around not an easy thing to overcome either. That's a fungus. Uh, it is, and rather than come up with come up with sprays and things, which will work, uh, it, it's a better deal if they just breed some that are resistant to whatever this new fungus is.
2: One would think. Which they're doing. And and it would apparently, the worst hit plants are the ones that have been sheared to within an inch of their life. <laughs> yeah. And, that's and true. so the outside <coughs> layer of foliage is so dense mm-hmm. that there's no air circulation in the interior yeah. of the plant, and that's where you get some problems. I do that with almost any plant, even here, if mm-hmm. you shear them
1: to within an inch of their life. It's better if it's getting too big. Just, just pull it out, you know. Quit fighting it.
2: Yeah. Or some plants you can just cut off down close to the ground, and they'll bounce so, right back yeah. if you know what, which plants will do <coughs> that. Yeah. So, if you have a question about that, definitely give us a call. Uh, Right now, we're going to go out to Highlands Ranch and say hello to Carol, who has a question about hydrangeas. Good morning, Carol.
4: Good morning. Hi. How are you this morning?
2: Excellent. It's going to be a gorgeous day out there. Hope you're planning on being in your garden.
4: I definitely am. Good. Since you're you're talking about boxwood, I do have a question about boxwood. We, uh, on the north side of our house... um, uh, we planted bird's nest spruce two years ago we lost all but one maybe there may be one that one other that may come up so i was looking to perhaps put in boxwoods instead of those um, nest spruce
1: mm-hmm.
4: um, and i need small ones and i saw yesterday green jim it says 18 to 24 inches are you familiar with that variety
1: what's the name again
4: Green Gym. Oh,
1: green gem. That sounds like it's a derivative of winter gym. Yeah, they're coming up with really short ones. Um, and No, I'm not familiar with every one new one that's coming out, and, and the short ones are, are on the new side. But is okay. there, does it list a zone for them?
4: I didn't take a look at that.
1: Yeah, I'd pay particular attention to it. And, and it'll be on the tag someplace, what, what yeah. the zone okay. is, they're okay. meant for. Um, okay. Zone four. Oh, zone four. That's that's nice to have. That's good because we're zone five, so that gives you a
2: whole zone. That gives you
1: ten degrees.
2: Now, this uh, right. the the what I'm looking at says that uh, you said it was green gem, correct? Correct. Okay, it says uh, slow growing to three to four feet tall and wide.
4: Um. Okay, the label says eighteen to twenty-four inches.
2: And I I'm I would imagine that you know if you if, maybe in Five years it would be that size in ten years it would be three to four feet. but the nice thing about boxwoods is they can be trimmed
4: they can be trimmed
1: okay.
2: they they don't mind being trimmed at all
1: and, and it's best okay. to trim them throughout their life. Don't wait until they get to be four feet wide and now're too big and you try to go out there and make them two feet wide. You don't want to do that, so you okay. want to trim okay. them every year okay, all right and I know. I know that's got some you know the are that I
4: should trim
1: yeah it, I know that's cuts off some of the growth, and you want them to get the exact size that you that you
2: planted, but i I wouldn't wait on that and it does say it's slow growing right so yeah, it'll it's going to take it some time to to bulk up um, but uh you know there's no reason they have to get three to four feet tall if you want to keep them smaller
4: I do because they're going in front of a brick wall that i want I don't want to cover up, but I want some interest on yeah. the wall. Behind the annuals that I plant, that I'm planting. So I'm not having good luck with the nest spruce. So I'm thinking that this, I want something that's green all winter, and I think this um, might fill the bill. It says partial sun um, on the north side, but we get a little bit of afternoon sun from about 3 o'clock or so. So maybe that'll fit that partial sun that the uh, card says or not.
2: Well, usually when I think of partial sun, I think, or partial shade, is is morning sun, afternoon shade. That, that in my mind, is the definition of part sun or part shade. Um, but having said that, low angle light in the evening, late, late afternoon and evening, isn't nearly as hard on plants as, you know, midday sun.
4: Okay. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get to the original <laughs> questions that I had for you. Yeah. Um, Last weekend, I went and bought, uh, went to buy a hydrangea, and I came home with three. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so you have the same willpower that I do.
4: I do. It's terrible. It's just terrible. And my husband was there helping me pick out more. So
2: Oh, good. Good for him. I like he's a good sport.
4: <laughs> he is. But I have a question. Um, two of them will be absolutely in full sun, but the other one I would like to put on the east side of the house, and I don't know if that's enough fun, the variety that I bought was vanilla, strawberry, and quick fire. Would either of those do better in less light than the others, or do I need to just find another spot on the south side
5: of the house?
2: Well, both of them are paniculata types, so yes. that means that they both will handle full sun, but they'll also do quite well here in part shade. So, on the east side of the house where they get all morning sun would be, I think, ideal. Should, that should be just fine. Okay.
4: So either of those varieties then would be um, okay to put over there.
2: Absolutely. Uh, just, just watch the water. They're water hogs. My dad always um, said if you're going to have- plant a hydrangea, you need to run the hose over there and let it drip 24-7.
4: Well, we have we have they're they're right next to the sprinkler system, so we can put and there's a head there, so okay, um, we should be able to give them uh, certainly adequate water. Um, the tag says they get seven to eight feet a night. Is that in Kansas or <laughs> do, they, do they usually grow that big? No, typically,
1: shrubs are a little bit shorter here than they are back east. <clears throat> Anywhere back east, that's uh, you know certainly on the eastern side of the Mississippi. It's just tougher here. The sunlight is much, much brighter.
2: Now, the nice thing about it is on hydrangeas like that, the paniculata types, you can control the height based on your spring pruning. So uh, this time of year when they're just starting to leaf out is when you'd want to, uh, if they're starting to get too large, is to cut them back by you know 30% or so. And and that will keep their size down. And the nice thing about the paniculata types is they bloom on new wood. So you're actually causing the plant to branch out more, and each one of those new branches will produce flowers. So you're encouraging more okay. blooming by that.
4: Okay. So in the spring, I should I should trim them. Not this year, of course, but next right. year I can do that. Uh-huh. Okay. I cannot, they were so busy, I couldn't ask anybody... Should I plant them now, or wait until we get through these snowstorms? Or
0: are they leafed out? Uh,
4: when do you recommend they're starting? Yeah. So and and were they were they
2: inside or outside when you bought them?
4: They were they were outside. They were we outside them outside on our deck, but that's covered. And then yesterday we put them um, in morning sun. Mm-hmm. So you know we're working them out there. We didn't want to just bring them home and put them straight in the sun. Although, that's where they had been. Yeah, But yeah. I was, didn't
2: want to kill them. Well, it doesn't look like we're going to get below freezing at, during this cold weather, does it, Jim? Uh, you know, I haven't even checked. I checked all last week and we were in good shape
1: and, I don't know, I just stopped, stopped looking at the weather forecast for the
2: next week. Let's see here. Well, Monday, <clears throat> Monday the low is supposed to be 39 and Tuesday the low is supposed to be 37. And that's the lowest we get. So I, I wouldn't maybe think that's going to bother them.
4: So maybe end of next week might be a good time to plant them?
2: I, I, I would keep
4: them on my covered deck next to the house and protect them.
2: Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that would be the safest way to go, but I, I don't think that these temperatures would indicate that that would be a problem for them to be planted now anyway.
4: Okay. All right. Um, did I buy beetle food?
2: Did you buy what?
4: <laughs> Japanese oh, beetle Japanese food.
2: beetle food. I <laughs> haven't seen them attack my hydrangeas, and I have Japanese beetles in my yard. So I, yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem, especially if there are other things that they prefer in your yard.
4: <laughs> oh, I have roses. There you oh, go. there you go. <laughs> Rose, Rose of Sharon, and I have uh, yep. the, the vine. What's the crazy vine? Oh, Virginia there, Creeper. Virginia Creeper, yep. Yes.
2: They'll go there before yeah. they go to your hydrangeas.
4: <laughs> okay. Um, are they going to bloom this year?
2: It's very possible that they will bloom this year. It'll be later though because they're going to be a little pokey getting established.
4: Sure, sure. Okay. Well, we'll get them planted maybe the end, end of next week. That's great. Um, my hosta question is: When do I divide them? They're they're about two inches tall. Do I do it now or in yesterday? The fall? Okay. <laughs> okay. Could you back okay. up a
1: day and then tra- and then transplant and divide them? Yeah, this is a good time of year to divide things like hostas. Yeah,
2: they're just poking up now. That's a great time.
4: Uh, Yeah, they're about two inches tall, and last year they were way too thick, um, so I wanted to get ahead of it.
1: Yeah, you can separate them now, and they probably won't even know that they've been separated. Exactly. Exactly.
4: Okay, well, I've got that. Well, I have plenty to do, so have a good day. Well, okay, get busy then. <laughs> all right, what all are right. you doing talking to us? Yeah. <laughs> I
1: appreciate your help with everything. All right, thank you much. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> all right, okay. we're going to take a little break uh, and get back here pretty quick right here on Legends 810.
6: What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games. But your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's Own Turf Mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus, it's insect, disease, and drought-resistant. Colorado's Own Turf Mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer.
7: Time for Ask the Bon-Eyed Guy with answers to what's bugging you. Let's go to Dave online one. Oh, hey, so I'm really big into next generation technology. Uh-huh. I've got a next gen TV. I've got a next gen lawnmower. Cool. Yeah, so now I've got next gen weeds popping up in my garden. Uh, what do you recommend? Hmm, How about something next gen? Oh, really? I'm all ears. Bon-eyed Cleanup HE is the next gen way to kill unwanted weeds, grasses, and brush in hours with just one application. Whoa, okay. So what's with the HE? Oh, it's a new high efficiency formula, kind of like the laundry detergent. With Cleanup HE, one gallon treats up to a thousand square feet. That's like three times more than what you're using now.
0: Oh, that's incredible. Oh
7: yeah, and Cleanup HE's great for outdoor patios, walkways, driveways, and round flower beds and gardens. Just spray and watch those weeds disappear.
3: Now that's smart technology. Thanks, bon-eyed Guy.
7: Get Next Gen Weed Control with new Cleanup HE from Bonide. Trusted since nineteen twenty-six. Visit your local hardware store or garden center today or learn more online at bonide.com. Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends.
8: The friendly folks at Jared's Nursery, Gift, and Garden are excited that spring is really here. The first shipments of veggies and flowers have arrived, and more spring product arrives almost daily. This is a great time to add compost to your beds when getting them ready for the growing season. It is also time to overseed your lawn if it was sparse last year. Grass likes cooler weather, and Mother Nature often helps with the watering in April. If you had weed issues last year, now is the perfect time to put down a pre-emergent weed killer to minimize new weeds. The knowledgeable staff will be happy to answer your questions about spring lawn care. There will be a socially distanced class on lawn care Saturday, April 10th at 11 a.m. and again Sunday, April 11th at 1 p.m. And yes, there will be a discussion about those nasty Japanese beetles which are here to stay. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims. Spring hours are 9 to 6 Monday through Friday and 9 to 5 on weekends. They hope to see you soon.
1: <clears throat> and we are back on the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys. That's us. I'm Jim, and that's Keith, and we are Wise Guys today. Today?
2: Yeah. Only on Saturday morning, Only so. on
1: Saturday morning, because I go home, I'm no longer Wise Guy. What are you then? I'm, I'm just husband number one. <laughs> <laughs> the starter husband, <laughs> the starter husband.
2: <laughs> All right, <laughs> the preview. There you go. <laughs> yeah, my wife is still on her first husband. She's yeah. <laughs> so far, I haven't screwed it up too bad.
1: <laughs> Indeed. You know, last week I was listening to the show, in my stupor, and uh, I heard you made a comment about 125 years of experience that you and I have together. Over. And I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> and I keep thinking, and I, my immediate thought was, I still have a lot to learn. Well, exactly. I mean, a lot. I mean,
2: I don't even know what I don't know.
1: <laughs> I, and I and I have to recall going back to, and, and pardon me, I'll mention this only about 40 or 50 more times in the next month, but <laughs> went back to the Chelsea Flower Show in England and looking through their, <clears throat> their displays and thinking when I came out of it, it was like, why bother? <laughs> why do I even bother?
9: <laughs> when I see this because this kind you can't of grow things ex- that well.
1: Experience uh, that other people have, you know, across the big pond, and uh, man, all this effort is like, geez. And the weather comes in and it undoes it all,
2: it's <laughs> sets you back a year or two. Yeah. Oh man, you know, why do we even bother? Well, we should move to a more gentle climate.
1: It'd just be more work to do
2: then. I know, and I'm. I don't want to move again. That is the most horrible experience. I know. Moving is just nasty. I, I don't know. ever want to do it again.
1: I know. We got a bunch of people in our neighborhood that are moving. The whole character of the neighborhood changing. Oh, is that it right? Just, I just like. And I was just thinking the other day, looking at the whole rhythm. oop he bang. It, the whole rhythm of the neighborhood has changed over the past year. People dying, people moving away, selling mm-hmm. houses left and right. And it's just not the same place it was a year ago. Yeah. I mean, two streets worth. Man. Wow. Yep. What can I say? That's just, you know, life moves on,
2: whether
1: you like it or not. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding.
2: <laughs> Well, we need to get some more callers okay. on the board. Um, we have Sharon waiting to talk to us, but you want to give out the number? Uh, I
1: can do that indeed. The number here in the studio is 303-477-2473.
2: And let's go see what Sharon is up to right now. Good morning, Sharon. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise guys.
9: Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I have um, three junipers that are probably 20 years old that I'm getting ready to have removed. Mm -hmm. They are on the west side of my house. Um, I'd like to replace them with something that's drought-tolerant in in the form of maybe a shrub that isn't going to get too big. Um, So that's my first question. And then my second one is cutting the junipers off at the base as opposed to digging them out because... Mm -hmm. um, You know, I wondered if it would be possible to find something that if I took the junipers off at the base, um, there's a ring, a cement ring, quite a ways out around them, and I thought maybe if I could plant a shrub to, you know, go around in that space without removing um, the trunk.
2: Well, you you can do that, uh, because the the juniper will not re-sprout. Okay. So you can, I, I would recommend maybe digging around the trunk a bit once you cut the main plant down uh, and, and using a chainsaw and cutting it off below ground. Okay. And then you can just cover it up and you won't see it. Uh-huh. But then that means when you plant your new plants, you'll have to go to the side, one okay. side or another, probably several, well, maybe not several feet, but a reasonable amount so that you can actually dig a hole and the, and the roots of that juniper aren't going to be in your way. Okay. That might be a little difficult because they are
1: shallow rooted, and boy, there's a ton of roots just below the surface of the soil in junipers.
2: So be prepared with an axe or something like that to cut through those roots if you're digging a hole. If you have to dig a hole in a very specific place.
9: Okay, and I was told that what I see above the ground is probably what I'm going to run into below the ground. Is that accurate? Mm, Not necessarily. The root ball on a juniper. Get that.
1: That big and run that deep. Um, a lot depends on, on what the what the new plant is you want to put in and how big of a plant it is. In other words, in other words, how big is the container in which it is? Of course, the bigger container, and that means you have to dig a bigger hole, and you may have to end up chopping through an awful lot of
2: what is now or what are now dead juniper roots.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, but the um, was it an upright juniper or a spreading type?
9: Uh, it's the globe. Of oh, the globe um, type.
2: so That's you,
9: gotten a little bit out of control, and it's probably six foot tall. I mean, it's been yeah. in there a long time.
2: Well, it, you said it was in there for 20 years. I would expect the root system to go out at least 20 feet from the trunk. Okay. Uh, all, in all directions.
9: Okay. Um, okay, well, that helps me. Um, now, what about a drought-tolerant Shrub to put in that area. Well,
1: I wrote something I down that uh, <clears throat> may or may not uh, tickle your fancy. One called uh, little leaf mountain mahogany. That doesn't get very big. It'll probably take. Oh, let's see. I've got a couple in the front yard, are twenty years old, and the tallest one is maybe four feet tall. Okay. And, and it's, it's evergreen. Like and it's, it's Evergreen. It's a shrub. It's a shrub. Uh, it does have flowers, but you probably wouldn't notice them. They're really quite small.
9: Okay, I'm also getting ready to hydro-seed in that same area, so I want to make sure whatever I put in there, um, it, you know, that it's not going to be dropping tannins to kill the grass that I'm just having. Are you going to have the grass
2: right up to the to the tree?
9: Um, no, but probably, you know, if it gets very big around, um, it could impact the grass. I think the grass would probably be, I don't know, two, maybe two feet or three feet from the base
1: i think it'd be fine for this particular shrub there are probably others you may want to consider but uh i have them in my front yard and once i planted them and watered them for the first year and i haven't watered them now in over 20 years
9: really okay and what was that little leaf it's
1: little leaf mountain mahogany okay very drought tolerant it's a native plant
9: Okay, and are those available at, like, Chagawa and all the local... I
1: suspect they are. It's
2: one of the more common native plants that's available. Now, keep in mind there are two mountain mahoganies, and what the one he's talking about is little leaf. Okay. The other one looks quite a bit different and isn't evergreen, as I recall. Uh, okay. Actually, there's three. Oh, there's, there's three. It's,
1: its cousin is curl leaf mountain mahogany, and uh, mine right now is uh, bordering on 15 feet or more in height. And and width looks very similar except the leaves are a little bit larger. They okay. are linear leaves, evergreen. It's in full bloom right now, but again, you could walk by and say,
2: "I don't see any blooms."
9: Well, and I don't think I can go that tall again. It's on the mm. west side of my house, and I have windows.
2: <coughs> so make so sure, sure it's the things. make sure it's the little leaf type. Yeah.
9: Okay, so that only grows four foot.
2: Is yeah, it? something like that. Uh huh.
9: Okay, is, do you have any other suggestions for a drought-tolerant
1: shrub? Um, no, another one I have, it, it's really dramatically different than anything you've probably ever even seen. It's called uh, Mormon tea. Oh, yeah. And that's evergreen as well. Ephedra, right? E- ephedra is its uh, scientific name. Okay. But Mormon tea, um, Ephedra viridis, is the one you
2: probably want to look for. What's the one that's in the Plant Select program? That's that uh, joint fur. Oh, I can't think of the the specific name. Let me look. You talk. I'll look. <laughs> okay. Now, uh,
9: I'm just now, trying to think what that... When uh, you're saying fur, um, one of the reasons I want to get rid of the junipers is because of the little sharp things that drop on the ground yeah. and, and yeah. get everywhere. So I don't want anything that's going to yeah, be... Yeah,
1: neither one of these will have that.
2: Yeah, it, it's just a common name. I don't know why it's called a fur. It doesn't look anything like a fur.
1: Yeah, the, the uh, <coughs> ephedra, Keith is looking up, is one called ephedra equisetina. It's a blue Mormon tea. Uh, it's great for the first, I don't know, five years, and then it starts spreading underground.
9: Yeah. yeah. Oh, underground.
1: Underground. And that may create a problem. Okay. I now, this wasn't known when it was first selected for this plant-select okay. program. Right. But uh, I've seen many now after you know after fifteen or twenty years, and some of them just gotten way out of hand. So okay. you're saying viridus? Uh, viridus is is one of our natives. It's uh, it's just green. Just think of a green shrub year round. Now it does have flowers, but it's going to take many years for it to get into the flowering stage. Okay. Com- comes in male or female. How tall does it get? I've seen ancient ones. They're probably eight or nine feet tall, but typically in the yards, uh, three or four feet, with a lot of with a lot of time. Okay. And before you'd ever have to think about pulling it out because it's now getting too big, um, I'd leave that to your grandchildren.
9: <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a good. Yeah, it's not
1: that fast growing.
9: <laughs> okay. Um, what and. Somebody would think just at a butterfly bush. It oh,
2: Lord. <laughs> That's the definition of not drought tolerant. <laughs> yes. They like to grow oh, practically really? standing in water. <laughs> okay.
9: Well, then we'll
2: stretch that off the list. Yeah. Unfortunately,
1: it's a, it's a nice blooming plant, okay. but it's a water hog. What about, well, uh, the- what about the three-leaf sumac? Yeah, three-leaf sumac, I, I don't know. I, I hesitate because I never know what the nursery has. Where did they get their seed is typically how they're grown. Well, usually
2: the one that's most available is one called Grow Low.
1: Yeah, that one stays about three feet tops. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, yeah. about three feet. It yeah. spreads out about five feet across. Yeah. It is not evergreen. No. It ha- has great fall color. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful fall color. And it's quite drought tolerant.
9: Okay. Um, well, it's going in a yard where there's buffalo grass, so, um, you know, I don't...
1: Oh, they're great companions with with each other, Yeah, I'm looking
9: for something that plays nice with...
1: Yeah, yeah, and and keep in mind the buffalo grass will travel.
2: Oh, another one would be Apache plume. That's one of my favorites, is Apache plume. They are pretty. They also travel on the
1: ground. Do they? Yes. Oh, for crying out loud. None of the literature will tell you that. But I've seen many cases, especially in my front yard. I, mean, I have several, and they well it's
2: not it's not like an aspen though, is it I mean, does this end up suckers everywhere? Oh, he's laughing, yes, <laughs> oh doggone <laughs> it. I put one in my front yard. I don't want that <laughs> be aware
9: okay. well, you've given me some ideas okay and it sounds like I have a trip to Chicago coming soon in May.
1: Yeah, you'll probably spring. get some other ideas there as well. I, don't, I have not been out there this spring to see what they have in the way of dry land plants. What about caragana? Right.
2: Is there a, a small growing one?
1: Yeah, there's caragana pygmia. Pygmy uh, Oh, Karagana. that's really small, though. Yeah,
2: that's really quite small.
1: I don't know of any others that are, you know, sort of moderate in height. Okay.
9: That would take the afternoon sun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, caragana will take it in. Yeah. yeah.
9: Trying yeah. to take... You know the
1: careganers will take any anything oh. you can throw at them spanish broom Spanish broom you may want to try that Spanish broom and get up to what four and a half feet yeah there's one there's one a really good one that's out there called Spanish gold.
2: yeah, take a look at that it's uh it has evergreen stems, they're okay. really pretty and then mm-hmm. it has gorgeous yellow flowers just covered in yellow flowers in the spring
9: okay, so is it Spanish broom gold or spanish gold
2: Spanish gold
1: broom.
9: Spanish
1: gold broom. Okay. And that's another plant select item.
9: Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your help. You bet. Um, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Appreciate
2: the call this morning, Sharon.
9: Okay.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. It's your turn to call. Here's the number 303-477-2473 to get in here at Legends 810. We'll get you right cheer. Right cheer? Right, cheer! I didn't find any new. I would, thought I would find some new echinaceas, the cone mm-hmm. uh, the past two weeks. Nothing new. There must be a clog in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> you need an echinacea snake. <laughs> yeah, there are two, there are two new ones. I and I know the names, but um, the, the 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 pictures have not yet been released.
2: I asked for them. I said, N-n-no. no. No. Well, okay. <laughs> well, I have a question about Echinacea, to be honest. Um, with all the different varieties out there, a lot of people grow, have grown the Echinacea straight species for its medicinal qualities. Mm-hmm. Do you think all the hybrids contain the same medicinal properties? Does it matter whether you grow a hybrid or just a straight species? I think species? they all
1: have the... The same properties. Some of them will produce more of that than than others. Mm -hmm. And I think the species, uh, not the selections and varieties, will have more of that. I don't know what the active ingredient is. Special juice?
2: Yeah, special echinacea juice. Special goodness. (laughs) There you go. All right. uh, Let's see. What else can can we be doing right now? No, I don't want to go to a break. (laughs) We have five minutes.
1: We have a pretty bossy producer here. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell everybody this is 121th day of the year, 244 days remaining. So get busy. Yeah, there's not much left before Christmas. That's right. <laughs> God. All right, now we're going to take a break because I'm ready. Now we say so. Are you ready, Sean? All right, we're going to come back pretty soon. Oh, by the way, give us a call. lots of room. I don't think there's anybody online right now. 303-477-2473, right here on Legends 810.
0: It's like the difference between soft, gentle rain and a monsoon. That's how I compare the effect of a dram rain wand on plants to the hard blast of a typical spray nozzle attachment to your garden hose. Water flows through 400 tiny holes in the DRAM Rainwand's soft shower nozzle to bathe and refresh your plants, not damage them or wash away soil. Its handy reach handle has a 60 degree bend and conveniently extends to more distant garden rows and hanging baskets. And there's a fingertip shutoff valve. No wonder professional growers in the greenhouses and nurseries use DRAM watering tools. Today there are imitators, but nothing matches the superior quality of the original. Invented over 50 years ago. They're simply the best. Dram watering tools are available at Tagawa Gardens, Nick's Gardens, Jared's Garden Center, and Lafayette Florist and Greenhouse.
8: The friendly folks at Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden are excited that spring is really here. Use nice days to clean or prepare your garden and flower beds. Use not-so-nice days to plan for those gardens or dream about additions to your landscape. This might be the year to add a fountain, birdbath, or bench. Jared's has a great selection of those items. And, of course, they can special order a fountain if they don't have what you're looking for. More spring product arrives almost daily. The nursery is bursting with budding trees and shrubs, and the greenhouses are fully stocked with your favorite flowers and veggies. This is a great time to overseed your lawn if it was sparse last year. Grass seed germinates best in cooler weather, and Mother Nature often helps with the watering in May. If you had weed issues last year and do not plan to overseed, there is still time to put down a pre emergent weed killer to minimize new weeds. Their knowledgeable staff will be happy to answer your questions about spring lawn care. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue between Kipling and Sims, Spring Avenue. Hours are 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, and 9 to 5 on weekends. They
10: hope to see you soon. If buy one, get one is your kind of bargain, then listen up. This is Luann Aiken, Tagawa's Garden Ambassador. It's BOGO time at Tagawa's. Buy one specially marked hanging basket and get a second one for free. Over the next couple of weeks, while supplies last, we're bringing in a fresh supply of these special hanging baskets every few days. The baskets have orange tags and are specifically marked for sun or shade. We don't have advance notice about which types of flowers are included with each new truckload, and we can't reserve them for you while we await their arrival but all of the baskets will be in bloom and they're sure to be something to suit every taste and color preference as always acclimate the baskets once you get them home by taking five to seven days to slowly get them used to life outside our greenhouses it can make a huge difference in their ability to thrive the summer we have free handouts to explain just what to do as always we are tagawas your garden store and so much more is the time for seeds.
8: Every botanical interest seed packet is designed to help gardeners succeed. Featuring gorgeous botanical artist renderings of each variety, each packet includes extensive horticultural information, but also includes really cool stuff like the history of the plant, recipes, and tips on keeping your cut flowers and harvested vegetables fresh. On a regular basis, a horticulturist reviews each seed packet to give practical organic gardening recommendations that you can use in your garden to be successful. These seed packets also help answer Quick questions on the front and back while shopping, such as if it's organic, size of plant, when to sow, and more. Seed packets by gardeners for gardeners. Botanical Interest Seed is available at your favorite independent garden retailer.
7: Call into the Fix-It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It Show, helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into
11: the Fix-It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. Have you got spring fever? Then come visit Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market. We are one of Colorado's largest garden centers with over 10 acres of top quality plants and the finest gardening products on the market. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, plants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest variety of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses, and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches, and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center and Farm Market, celebrating 34 years of color, quality, and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road in Aurora. Also visit us at nicksgardencenter.com.
1: And we are back on the Garden Wise Show with the Garden Wise Guys, Jim and Keith, on Legends eight ten, broadcasting to you today from a studio in living color. In living color, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. I didn't. I didn't wear anything colorful today. Sorry.
2: What are you talking about? You got <laughs>
1: green and purple and I, purple. That's purple. Yeah, it is purple. Purple, right there. Yeah, I got. I got black and and several shades of blue and tangerine mm. and yeah, gold and. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's not colorful at all. Yeah. (laughs) What's your
2: excuse? (laughs) Gray. That's what I'm wearing. Gray? (laughs) Well, gray's a color. I suppose so. All right, let's see. What else can we be talking about? We've got callers now, so why don't we go out and talk to uh, a few folks out there? Diane, I guess, is up next on line one. Good morning, Diane. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise, guys.
5: Morning, guys. Right. Two reasons I'm calling. had the most amazing experience yesterday. Hmm? I had Stump and Daughter out. Oh, okay. Today day working on my trees. Uh-huh. Brilliant job. Brilliant. Love the team. Um, really good guys, Glenn and Peter.
2: Oh, you got both of them. Wow. I had
5: both of them, and the team that were up the trees like monkeys is good. So thank you so much, because I've had many, many companies out in the past, and got a safe this was a really good experience
2: excellent i love hearing that
5: <laughs> well you guys promoted them so that's why you the other reason i'm calling is i love roses mm-hmm. and it saddens me when people give up on their roses because always we get the first bloom and then uh, of course the beetles come mm-hmm. but nobody minds if a lilac only blooms once or you know there's Quinces, all sorts of plants that mm-hmm. um, yeah. bloom.
1: Mo- yeah, most plants bloom once. Yeah,
5: and yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. they give up on roses. Don't give up on roses. They're worth it.
2: Absolutely. The um, The beetle disappears toward late summer, and then the roses come back into flower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like they die.
5: Nope. I mean, they're frustrating little blighters, but yeah. it is what it is, and we, they are here to stay. So that's the reason I called. Uh, a thank you to Glenn and Peter and you guys.
2: Well, excellent. Thank you so much. We appreciate
1: you that. You Thank you.
5: <laughs> right,
1: Jack. Goodbye.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Bye-bye. Yeah, I always like to hear good things about people that we, re- we recommend.
2: Because <clears throat> we didn't hear good things. We wouldn't recommend them. Well, that's why it's, you don't hear us recommending a lot of people for different things. Is it? We have to be absolutely 100% confident that you'll have a good experience with this, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. people we recommend. <clears throat> so we're very picky. Very choosy. And I know that Glenn and Peter, I've I've worked with them for years. They're the only people I let touch my trees. So Aside from me. But the last time I tried to touch my tree, I fell off the ladder and broke my leg. So Not doing that again. (laughs)
1: Not doing that again. (laughs) Stop touching trees. That's right. There's laws against that, I think. (laughs) Or should be. Yeah. Oh, in my neighborhood. God, there should be boy people just just don't know what they're doing and in the process they just they
2: destroyed plants oh you see it all over town oh, my god especially around power lines i am just absolutely flabbergasted i understand they have to be cut away from the power lines but do it properly yeah, really. don't leave you know 3 foot stumps that are as big as your leg that's just ridiculous yeah i'm in the process of trying to fix My neighbor's
1: crab apples, which I planted for her a number Mm -hmm. of years ago. And one of her lawn people came in and decided, no, they're in the way. I'm going to prune these. And God, he just murdered the trees. Oh, I've never seen a worse job of pruning. Never. And I almost was in tears. I couldn't talk to the owner. (laughs) I I didn't have anything positive to say at all. I don't blame you. Until finally one day I said, I think I'm going to try to bring them back. If you'll let me come over and re them. But it's going to take years if if they come back at all.
2: Destroy them. Absolutely just destroyed the trees. Well, you remember at our house in Lakewood, my next-door neighbor had a beautiful 50-year-old spruce tree in the backyard. Mm-hmm. It was gorgeous. And then about half a block away to the north were some high-tension wires. Mm-hmm. And... For some reason, a crew came through and decided that that spruce tree was too close to those high tension wires, a half a block away. I know, pretty far. It was very far and very <laughs> high
1: up.-hmm.
2: And they took the top eight feet out of that spruce tree. hmm You can imagine what that looked like. And there was no reason for it, none whatsoever, other than somebody drew an imaginary line. yep. Yep, and that tree happened to fall within yep. that imaginary line. If I w- if I was that person and were convinced that you know this this
1: was absolutely necessary and they certainly had the right to do it, um, I'd say just take the whole tree down. Yeah, exactly. Forget it. You know, don't trim it. Take the whole thing down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But to just take the top eight feet
2: out yeah. of a mature spruce tree. And
1: it's destroyed forever.
2: Yeah, and it was it was <coughs> branched all the way to the ground. It had a beautiful skirt around the base. It's just an. Picture-perfect tree. Speaking of spruce trees, there's a bunch of them
1: on um, West Bellevue, north side of of the road. Mm -hmm. There's not much room. I mean, there's not much roadway from (laughs) Santa Fe West until you start running into housing developments. But anyway, uh, uh, north side of the road, there was a row of blue spruce. Oh, they had to be 40 feet tall, maybe 50. And they were close to power lines that ran down the sidewalk. And the company came in and just stripped everything off the side of those spruce trees. <laughs> just sheared all of them, all the limbs, everything. Oh, my gosh. And they sat
2: that way for over a year. God,
1: they were embarrassing to look at.
2: Well, and the first went, thing you wonder is, is, like, you know, blaming the parents for a child's bad behavior— I blame the person or the company who planted those trees for the bad behavior of planting them in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they let them go there
1: for a year looking just absolute terrible. God, they look horrible. And finally, one of the last times they went down that roadway, uh, they took them out. Finally.
2: Oh, good. God, they were terrible. I bet those poor trees were embarrassed, too. Oh,
1: man. And they weren't coming back, people. No. Trees don't come back
2: from that kind of pruning. Oh, Pat, we know you're there, and I want to come to you right next. Uh, but I wanted to make one more comment. There's an advertisement on television now for some stuff called Smart Seed. Have you seen that? I th- know of it. Attributing all sorts of human characteristics to this <laughs> Smart Seed, because it's just brilliant, and it knows what it's doing. <laughs> I, I just I just shake my head sometimes at this stuff that the marketing departments come up with this. What do you call that? There's a, there's a word for assigning human characteristics to inanimate objects.
1: Anthropomorphism. There you go. I love that word. And there's another commercial on TV. I'm sure they run it quite frequently. I don't remember the company. It's about green lawns. Oh yeah. And I don't know if it's for a maintenance company or I, I don't know. But it involves things coming from outer space. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And a couple walking down the sidewalk, and they go, "Ooh, oh!" One of them has a flying saucer in the yard, with aliens, you know, okay. walking around looking at it. And of course, they're just looking at the grass, not the aliens. And the comments they make refer to the grass. And I'm thinking, man, you missed that. <laughs> you missed that. You should have said something like, "That grass is out of this world." Perfect. Right? Blew it, lost it. And then in another commercial, same thing. This one was a meteorite that came down and landed. Same thing. Couple walking down the road. Isn't that a beautiful lawn? Me- meanwhile, this giant rock is sitting there flaming off. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't exist. You missed it. Yeah. You blew it.
2: All right. Okay. Now, having said all of that, let's go talk to, to Pat real quick here. Uh, good morning, Pat. Thanks for calling the Garden Wise guys.
12: Good morning. Uh, I've got a couple of questions. Is it too early to try to treat those Japanese beetles?
2: No, not at all. No. The uh, last year's grubs are coming toward the surface right now. They're still feeding, and they're the ones that are going to produce the adults. You know, sometime in June. So, get mm-hmm. down to beetle control now, and that'll take care of those grubs.
12: Well, I've got a, a kind of a powdery. Uh, did you put so many feet apart? Would that be something I use, or the spray that goes on the roses?
2: Oh, uh, you're talking about the milky spore?
12: Yeah, milky spore. Uh. That's
2: a, that's what you would use in the soil right now. Uh-huh. The spray that you put on the roses—that's later for when the, the adult beetles are out and chewing on oh. your plants.
12: Yeah, I haven't got the roses yet, the buds, but then yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then one other question on fertilizer. I've got some um, winterizer. Is it? Can I still use some of that?
1: Yes, yes, you may. Just do not, I repeat, do not show the bag to the lawn. Don't let them read winter on there.
12: Oh, okay. Okay?
1: (laughs) Otherwise, they won't know the difference. Oh, but you
12: can still, I I thought that you said that last year that you could still use it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can use it in June, too. There's really nothing special (laughs) about the the winterizer fertilizer. Oh, It's It's the same sort of fertilizer you use all year long. They just put it in a bag that says Winterizer. It's a marketing ploy.
12: Oh, gee. So I can just buy regular fertilizer for the winter and all.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
12: Okay. Well, that's what I need to know. And about the the beetles. I had so many of them the last couple of years, so I'll try some new stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your help. I appreciate
2: it. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for calling.
12: Uh huh. Bye bye.
1: And if everybody else is uh, bothered with Japanese beetles, now is the time to put down your products to kill those little buggers before they come up and escape the ground. That's right. And Get and them while they're still the in the area. ground,
2: and then they'll, re- they'll rot and provide nutrients to your grass there instead you of hurting your grass. But do keep in mind what? They fly. Not the grubs. No. <laughs> the beetles fly. That would be cool <laughs> to see a flying grub.
1: <laughs> if your neighbor's not treating, Guess what? Yes, they fly from his yard to yours. So we get everybody in the entire neighborhood for like ten blocks square to retreat. Mm-hmm. We could probably knock those buggers back.
2: Well, they they did that up in, on the west slope. What what town in was Palisade? It? Palisade, yep. yes. They, it somehow they somehow managed to show up there. Well, that's a problem for a fruit producing Ooh. economy that that's in yep. Palisade. So. I think was it the city or the county that got involved? Uh,
1: you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't recall, but um,
2: the, the entire town.
1: Yeah, they they got permission. I think almost busy. everybody to go out there and treat everybody's lawn. Mm-hmm. And they, and they did the job. I don't know if they got rid of all the Japanese beetles. Probably will never happen, but they knocked them back sufficiently. Um, a lot.
2: Yeah. And by the way, there is a new product out there. You'll probably hear it on our show, uh, advertising, called um, Grub Gone, which is a bacterial material that uh, – oh, that rhymes, bacterial material. And <laughs> uh, you can put that down now to control the grubs, and it works beautifully. And then you'll want to you'll put it down again – Uh, toward the end of July, maybe into August, when the new set of grubs that are... The the adult beetles are going to be laying eggs during the summer, and then they'll have new grubs in the late summer. Put it down then to control those. Um, And then there's one called Beetle Gone for the adult beetles. It's the same bacterial product, but in a spray form, so that when the beetles are feeding on your roses or your grapes or your Virginia creeper or whatever they happen to be feeding on you can spray and it's just a bacterial product that's specific to scarab beetles. It won't hurt your ladybugs. It won't hurt bees. It won't hurt any of the pollinators or other beneficials in the yard. Only scarab beetles, which is what a Japanese beetle is. Scarab beetles, they used to make jewelry out of those. There you go. It was <laughs> okay. it, it was a, a religious or what do you call it oh, in in Egypt, weren't they yeah. weren't they revered that's as something right.
1: special? That's
2: right. And
1: they'll bury them with me too. All right, now we have have to get out of here and make room for, you know, stuff happens over the top of the yard. We'll be back right after this in Legends 810.